Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On a special Tuesday edition of Marvel TV Weekly, I'll be joined in studio by the one and only Amy Rutberg, who plays Marcy Stahl on Daredevil. Marvel TV Weekly starts now! You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz... Oh, that's right. We're joined by a real man-eater. Welcome to Marvel TV Weekly. I am Christian Bott, joined by Amy Rutberg. Hi, Christian. So great to have you here. I Thank you. I am so thrilled to be here. And, of course, as I mentioned in the little tease at the top, Marcy Stahl is your character on Marcy Daredevil. Marcy Stahl. All three seasons of Daredevil and The I Defenders. Oh, uh, love that. Yeah. So, I wonder uh, if they'll do another season of The Defenders. I hope so, but now the... Netflix has gone and canceled half of the Defenders. Well, that's true. So I guess it would be kind of tough. Yeah, but... Maybe they could just drop in. Maybe well, it could be like the Daredevil-Jessica Jones mashup, and we we could just see, like, Mike Coulter in the back. And and we still have the Punisher, you know, so... Well, we uh, have the Punisher. That maybe, would be awesome. Maybe Marcy should, you know, stay away. You know, I think that... Uh, yeah, no good can come of... No good can come of it. Meeting you know. John Barenthal in a dark alley, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh, anyway, there's uh, so much to talk about, and I figured that the best place to start would be... The beginning. Talk about how you first got involved with Daredevil. Uh, my understanding is you had no idea what you were auditioning for. I had for. no idea what I was auditioning for. It was just a really good scene. Uh, there was no character named Foggy Nelson. I don't remember what Marcy was called, but she wasn't called Marcy. Which is funny because they could have just kept the name Marcy because it's not like Marcy's not, in the comics. Yeah, she's not a, an established comic yeah. By the way, yet... She's not in the comic books yet, but I think that at some point they'll have to be the demand. I ask Joe uh, Katana <laughs> oh, yeah. this like every time I see him, <laughs> and uh, and and I see him pretty often because we work out with the same trainer. Yeah. So every time I see him, I say, "When is Marcy going to be in the Daredevil comics?" And he always laughs and says, "Soon, soon." But I, I well, I you know, there is, there is history on your side because yeah. there are characters created for television shows that do end up actually being in the comics. Right. In the Marvel universe, you have a character named Firestar who is okay. part of Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. But the really okay. big one yeah. is Harley Quinn in the DC oh, Universe. Really? She was created for the Batman animated series. Oh, Harley Quinn didn't come from the comics? Right. And then they're just like, wait, this is a great character. Yeah. So they, I didn't so know that. You Harley are, Quinn, Marcy Stahl. It kind of, really, they have a lot in it's common. It's like two peas in a yeah, pod. Exactly. Yeah. There's the crossover there's, right there. There's the crossover. <laughs> okay, now I have a new thing to pitch, Jeff. So you didn't know what you were auditioning for. I didn't know what for. I was auditioning for. And now I can't imagine Marcy being named anything but Marcy. Yeah. Like, she's so Marcy. <laughs> like, so I, I wonder what name they even had originally. I don't remember. But uh, it was just this great scene, and and I think I and, knew. And this is not a scene that ended up being in the show, or no, it was. Okay, at least a, a pretty close version to mm-hmm. it was the uh, the first time we see Marcy in season one with Foggy and right. Karen in the uh, in the law offices in the in the lobby of the law offices. I think it was originally written that they were actually in the offices as opposed to in the lobby. No, maybe not. No, no, because that's actually a big part of the scene that they're in the lobby. Uh, and so I just loved the scene so much. It was just so cool. And it was for like a, you know, untitled Netflix something yeah. or another. And I went uh, and I and I taped for it with, uh, with the casting director. And we only did one take. Like usually, wow. if there's no producers in the room and you're doing an audition with just the casting director... 
especially if you, you know, if, the, if you have a relationship with a casting director, they let you, you know, you kind of do it a couple times. You know, you get yeah. it. You want to, like, kind of get it right. And I remember specifically we only did one take. And I, so I totally thought, because um, usually that means, like, the casting director's like, nah, you're, you're not really, yeah, you're probably not right like, for th- it. This was not what we needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not what we, but thank you. I mean, they're, you know, they're so nice. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah, it's, it just, you know, that happens. So I was shocked when weeks later I got the call that, A, you're very close to booking this job, and B, it's, uh, Daredevil that's going to be on Netflix. Now, how familiar were you with the character of Daredevil going into this? I mean, oh, did, not familiar. No, Because no. some people, it was they knew that there was the movie with Ben Affleck so and I Jennifer Garner. So I watched it right after. It was right. of no help. Yeah. No, no, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah First of all, yeah. there's no Marcy in there. No, and then, not you so know, much. Nothing in that movie really represents you know, the way But Jennifer Garner did look amazing. Right? Yeah. She was, I mean, she's a gorgeous creature, but in that in that film, she's really, she's really quite the... Yeah. Quite no, and it, it, it may, look from a casting standpoint, she was great on Alias. You figure like, yeah, she'll yeah. be a great Electra. Yeah, uh, you know, just uh, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah, but, you know, I, I was entertained, but yeah. yeah, totally. So that's what that was my first intro to Daredevil right. was that was the Ben Affleck. Well, and movie. just the the interesting thing is like Daredevil is such a unique character, yeah. and I mean, you know, I it's one of those ones where you feel like it could only come from a mind like Stanley, where yeah. you take this. You know, this bald superhero, bald, blind, he's bald with a mask He'd on. look great bald. He'd be fine. Charlie <laughs> Cox can look, you can put anything on his head, he'll look good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but he's, so he's blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I was just sort of wondering, when you explain the show to people that maybe aren't familiar with it, right. at what point do you lose them? Is it when it's like, okay, so he's a blind superhero, but his senses are super strong in all the other ways, and he's a lawyer. Like, are they just like I they find think, it hard to follow? No, I actually think um, that the pitch of Daredevil to people who are not fans of superhero shows is a really easy pitch. It's like, so if I'm talking to someone who's not familiar with the sort of um, you know Marvel world, and they say, you know what? Oh, you know what show are you? Blah, blah blah. And I say, so I'm on a show. It's called Daredevil. It's on Netflix. They're like, oh, what's that? I say, well, it's a Marvel show. They're like, oh, like superheroes? Yeah. And I say, well. Yes, but this is a very special superhero. He doesn't have powers like you think, you know, like Spider-Man, like he doesn't scale walls. Yeah. Uh, he's he's blind. Uh, well, no, actually, I don't lead with that. I say he's a lawyer by day and he's, uh, you know, out for vigilante justice by night. Oh, and by the way, he's blind, right. like completely blind from an accident as a child. So all of his powers, so to speak, are, are just his heightened senses. And I kind of get people hooked. I think I'm the reason why the show is so successful. I think I single-handedly just explain it to every individual I meet, and I get... Yeah, I think, you know, Netflix keeps their numbers pretty close to the vest, but I think that if you did it in a pie chart, it yeah. would mostly be it because mostly be of you me. selling Don't it. You yeah, think? absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, Really? Who who else sells it that succinctly? That's such a Marcy thing to say. That was a total... That was the, It's really... It's, it's for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, sort of speaking about that you know, scene from season one yeah. where Marcy's there with uh, Karen and Foggy. Uh, Karen Page uh, once memorably described her as a meat grinder in a pencil skirt. That's a great. Is that a fair assessment so, of well, Marcy? On. I think I'm wearing the pencil skirt oh. today in honor of Deborah. Ann for those Hall. watching on YouTube, so make sure the that they can see on the Y. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I love that line, right? Yeah. No, it's it's so great, and yeah. and then you get to know her, and you're like, well, you know, that's who she is. You know, in the, in the courtroom on the surface. Yeah. You know, the that Marcy, you'd find hard-pressed to have a nickname like Foggy Bear buried somewhere in her. But right. once we really get to know her. But do you think Marcy that Marcy has many layers. Yeah. 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 I think that that's an adequate description of Marcy in the courtroom and maybe Marcy when she's on the job. And that's the thing that I love about Marcy. Um, you know, she's... She's... Uh, 
is, is unabashed the right word? Like yeah. she's unabashed about the fact that she is uh, determined and she's a career gal and she is relentless. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but if she were a man, I don't think anyone would say, oh, that's quite the, you know, yeah, Mikra, just be yeah. like, like, oh, I love he's, that he's about so Marcy. determined to yeah. being a lawyer. Yeah, totally. exactly. But, uh, but Marcy has a, she has quite the heart and I think she loves Foggy desperately. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, they met in law school, um, and obviously there's been up and downs to the relationship, but that man, like that, he, he means so much to her. Uh, and I think, I think, if, you know, as we actually, as we've seen, she would do anything for him. Yeah. So that says something about her. I mean, you know, and also cause Foggy's not exactly the type of guy that I think shows up on your doorstep with flowers. At least we haven't seen that yet. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but no, I, I really think there's, you know, she's a, she's a very layered woman. And what's impressive is that through, all, you know, we've seen different sides of Marcy through all three seasons and with three different showrunners too. And, you know, I mean, Marcy's a relatively small part of the show. Yeah. Um, but yet every season they've written such great and interesting stuff for her. And the third season is totally different from the second season, which is different from the first. Right. And, you know, uh, look, to, to be honest, when I first get to meet Marcy, I'm like, oh, I don't like her. But that's a compliment to you. I think you did a good job because I don't yeah. know how much we were supposed to like her. But as it comes along, especially yeah. like there's the moment in season two where she she shows up to visit Foggy in the hospital where yeah. she has the Foggy bear. And I'm like, all right, I'm starting to I'm starting to warm yeah. up to her. And I think that uh, it was good that, you know, I like where they had her start from and sort of where we see her at the end of season three. It's, she's you know, got bite, Marcy. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's, she has bite, but I, I don't know. I, I like that about her. Yeah. Now, she's sassy. I believe I had read that uh, you were actually only supposed to play her in one episode. Yeah, I was I was. I was booked for that one episode and there was like vague talk of like, oh, maybe we'll bring her back, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. But by the way, every time you're on a television show, if you don't die, they always say, oh, maybe we'll bring you back. Like, that's just the thing right. you say. Uh, so uh, I was pleasantly surprised that um, that Marcy came back because I just uh, I, I felt such a connection to her from the beginning. And I, and I always thought that there was something more there than what you're seeing. Like, I thought that that first scene in the lobby with Foggy and Karen, I... I Something was telling me in my gut that she was putting on a bit of a show, like meaning that, yes, it was a little bit about the case, but but that scene is about her seeing her ex-boyfriend for the first time in a long time. And my guess is, and nobody has said this to me behind the scenes, this is just my guess is that he broke up with her. Yeah. It was not the other way around, which you wouldn't necessarily think that, but that's how I sort of had treated it. So this was the first time she's seeing the guy that broke up with her when he's coming to her office. And he's with Karen. And he's so with, it's like, I, yeah, I, I and don't he's know with Cutie Pie is. Karen. Yeah. yeah. You know, and look, you know, Karen and Marcy are similar types, you know? You I think mean, so? well, I mean, I think just physically. So if she sees, it's like also oh, a blonde. I, I take that as such a compliment. I think Deborah Ann Wall is the most beautiful woman ever. Absolutely. Yeah. She, mm-hmm. She's lovely. I mean, <laughs> My my wife is the most beautiful woman ever. Right. I will second say, most beautiful but, wife. Yeah, right, exactly. Second most beautiful woman. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I think that you know she'd be like, oh, what's this? You know, this is like a, right. this is who's this version who's this of me? Pretty, yeah, who's this pretty blonde, <laughs> with straighter hair and so yeah. and so then it just sort of just comes up throughout the course of what the first season and then the second season. Like, ah, oh, we'll have you on a couple times, or at some point, do they say, oh, or maybe it's for season three? Oh, we're actually going to have you on more regularly, or was it always like a oh, we'll have you on a few episodes here and there? Season three, I knew okay uh, what what was gonna what was gonna happen. I mean, not necessarily specific storyline. And by the way, there was stuff that we shot that uh, that that was cut, uh, Marcy stuff, um, which you know I, I think season three is 
I, th- I just think it's a it's a piece of art. Like yeah. I, I just think you're not going to find a better season of television anywhere. I, and that's not just because I'm a you know small part of it. But uh, so when I saw the stuff that they cut, I was at, at first I was sort of bummed because you yeah. know you like you know. Like, hey, I, I want to see more Marcy. Yeah, yeah. Right, of course. But I totally understood why they did in the context of the rest of the season. Like, it just didn't, it didn't work. Um, and there, or, or you didn't need it. You know, whatever, I don't even know what the reasons why, why they cut it, but whatever the reason was, like, it's, it's a perfect season. Like, yeah. you, it's, you know, even, even with a little less Marcy. Yeah, you know, it would have been like double perfect if there right. was more mercy. But and we've talked a lot about that on this show since you know the other hosts and I have all finished it. Right. Is that you know we all had what we thought was our favorite Netflix season, and uh-huh. then it's hard to compare anything to this one because look, some of the other ones, the one, mo- the majority of them are thirteen episodes. There might be a couple of moments in a few of the other seasons where you're like, all right, can we get back to the thing that sure, I'm really interested sure. in? Sure, understandable. But the, and, yeah. and I thought that uh, season two of Iron Fist did a great job because it was only 10. Yeah. So they just stuck to it yeah. and then they Wasn't got it out. Wasn't it great? I thought yeah. it was great too. And mm-hmm. I thought that, uh, you know, this was 13 episodes where you didn't, you know, you weren't like checking the clock at all where you're like, not once. Let's, let's just get back to it. No. You know? And I, I think they, they used the 13 episodes well to the extent that if you're like, well, if there were less, they, they would have just had to breeze through the story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're able it's to take so your time. Going on, like that episode that's mostly about Karen's backstory. Oh, that's, you know, that's that's my favorite. Oh, got that and and that in episode. Is it episode three with the fight scene? I believe it's the end of episode four. Okay, so and that I, in episode four. I, my t- I remember I've told the story on yeah. on uh, on the show before. Uh, so the first weekend that the show dropped on Netflix, uh, I downloaded uh, four episodes to watch on a plane, mm-hmm. and I only had four of them. And so I know that that ep- that's that uh, episode four, the long fight scene, right. is at the end of episode four because I was like, well, I can't watch anymore because I've I've downloaded, I've gone through all my downloads, I've gone through, right, right, and uh, so. Yeah, so that's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, we've talked about that on the show before, too, but it's just that 10 minutes long continuous cut, you know, I mean, that's sort of, you know, the sort of thing that people try to do Mm. all the time in movies and TV. And it's, Mm. you know, obviously a lot harder to do than anybody imagines. But uh, that, uh, you know, obviously we're talking about two things that have not nearly enough Marcy in them. But if we get like down the list past Marcy, these are these are the great things. And I, well, that's sweet of you to say, but yeah, it's it's, it's, it's an so amazing hard season. to imagine <laughs> something that you know, watching something that's so engaging as you know, Matt trying to you know, first of all, who breaks into uh, into a prison, you know, just Matt Murdock pretending to be Foggy, and then like, oh, now I got to fight my way out of here, and just all the different, you know, just like I don't know, eight times where he ought to have died during yeah. that, you know, yeah. <laughs> so and I can only find one point where they swap out this. Would they swap in the stunt double? People have told me that there are two times, and I've watched it many times, and I can't actually find the second time. Like, so that's how good it is. Yeah, that, that I, I I've watched it. I don't know, six, seven. Right, and I, I believe a dozen. I, I saw in an earlier interview that you said that you have watched the whole season two times. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I I love to do that with movies, especially ones yeah. I'm excited for, because the second time, like, okay, I can relax, right? Because I know where yeah. it's going, and I yeah. can really enjoy it. That's because how I felt. Yeah, as great as that ten minute fight scene is. Yeah. You know, I'm literally on the edge of my airplane seat, right. you know, and I'm just like, yeah. oh, my God. But So if I were able to have the time to go back and watch it, I, I would love to sort of see it where you, you can take it all in. Uh, and there were two episodes I hadn't read when we were shooting it. I hadn't read 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. 10 or 11? Yeah. So I was – so I mean, I knew that there was the Karen episode. Yeah. And I just – I couldn't wait to get to it. Oh, yeah. I no. just – I couldn't – and the first scene when she's – 
party and the Karen. Party, and yeah. she's got her. Oh, I just, it was like a heaven to me. I, mean, I just think she's such a talented actress. Yeah. I just, uh, oh, I love that episode. I mean, that's its own independent film. Right. And that's the sort of thing where, you know, if this weren't a streaming show, even if it mm-hmm. was like a weekly show on, even if it was on cable, yeah. it's tough to be like, well, we're going to devote like a whole, almost an entire hour to not the title character's backstory yeah. and not his, you know, enemy, but it's, you know, this side character who we really like. But let's really find out. And so it's so great that uh, the way that these shows work is that you can do that. And uh, I think that those are the sort of things that really lend to it. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, the character of Agent Nadim just sort of being so important throughout the entire season. Uh, we uh, I also uh, co-host the Daredevil After Show here. And we had uh, J. Ali on the uh, the After Show. And he told me to say hello, by the way. He just, I he love said, he said you're, He said, you're the best. You are the best, and he's gonna, and that we'll all love you. So, uh, those, were you that surprised of, that Jay was British? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I know because he, he actually just, I think his accent's great, but like, yeah. he does a really no, good job. A, I, yeah. I forget he's British, and then I see him because and I'm like, sometimes oh, that's right. I actually talk to him about yeah. this. Sometimes American accents, like great British actors, yeah. Hugh Laurie and Benedict Cumberbatch, they're great actors, yeah. Their American accents are not great. I see Hugh Laurie slipping all the time, yeah. I mean, every episode of House, there is like an entire section where you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. And, and so it's just like, it's it seems easy to do, but uh, I guess... It's, it's, I don't it's, think it is. No, it, it seems yeah. really hard. And uh-huh. yeah, you would just forget. And, and I sort of asked him about like, well, you know, you're a New York guy. It's like, yeah, yeah I tried to tweak it a little bit. Uh, and he had actually talked about how things he'd been cast for previous to that were uh, American accent characters, uh-huh. but they just let him use his British accent. So he's like, so I, he actually thought... That his American accent wasn't good, and that's why they were having him just to, you know, uh, speak British, yeah. as it were. But uh, so, and again, like like Marcy, that's a character that doesn't exist in the comics, right. and he's it's so great. And just you know, tuning into the first episode of season three, I'm like, well, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, and I knew that Bullseye was going to be in this season, you know, uh, Dex's character, but I actually thought it was going to be him. I'm like, well, how is this guy going to become oh, Bullseye? You, oh, really? You yeah. thought that that was it? Well, he was going to be Bullseye? Oh, that would be an interesting take. Yeah, so I had... Oh, wow. It, because I... Look, I mean, I, we, I do the show. I do a lot yeah. of shows here. I try to not really know too much about what I'm sure. about to watch. Sure. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line to, to, yeah. to walk sometimes. But uh, so I was like, okay, so this is a new actor. I don't know him, and I know Bullseye is going to be on. And then when you realize, it's oh, it's this other guy, this really, really crazy guy, you know, and it's just, you get to go on this, you know, completely different journey with him, mm-hmm. really. And, you know, just this moral center at, at the course of the middle of the show, when Matt, who is usually the the moral center, has so many problems, sort of dealing with it on his own, and it's the sort of great thing that you're able to get with a show like this, and how it's very difficult to uh, stop watching one of these streaming series. Yeah, you know, uh, because I was doing that after show, I would only watch like four at a time, and when I interviewed Jay, I hadn't watched episode thirteen, mm. and he's like. You stopped watching. I was like, I had to because I, it's yeah. it's too hard to talk about them. It's too hard to talk and, about. and it's so great though that his character is still so important in the way everything winds up. You yeah. Know, at the uh, the end of the series. Um, now, I, I, this is a, a great series, and I think what a lot of people are doing is they're saying that you know season three and, and season one are great, but I think people just kind of brush past season two, which I also really enjoyed because I thought that adding the Punisher into the mix with Daredevil was so great. And, you know, sort of talking about great scenes that stand mm-hmm. out. I've talked about uh, a number of times that there's a scene with, uh, with Charlie Cox and John Bernthal, they're sitting in a cemetery 
in season two, and they're just talking to each other. There's no, there's no fighting. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. there's no bullets. There's, yeah. It's just conversation. And I'm like, it's fairly well, early in the season. Yeah, right? it's, I think yeah. it's episode four in mm-hmm. season two. And I'm just like, well, that is great acting, great drama. That's not. Oh, that's good for a superhero no. show. Yeah. And I felt that way a number of times in season three. A lot as well. of those moments. There, and uh, especially when you have someone like Vincent D'Onofrio on screen, you know, oh, yeah, uh, th- like the episode where he goes to try and get the painting back from right. the Holocaust survivor. And he ultimately doesn't take it. Uh-huh. Uh, I just was like that. That's the sort of thing that, you know, if this was a network show, you'd be like, yeah, this is interesting, but uh, you know, we got to get some more commercials in here. You feel like you wouldn't necessarily get something like that. So it's great that we get so many different, there's so many ways for all these great actors to kind of showcase their, the characters that they're playing. Um, and one of the things was that Jay Ali said that his first day on set, he was, he was very nervous and that his first scene was with Vincent and it was in this little interrogation room that their, their scenes in. And he said that Vincent was great and he sort of helped, helped him really calm down and just uh, approach it. And he was very helpful. Did you interact with, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio much? I know you, unless I'm mistaken, I don't remember you having any scenes with him, but you know, are, are you maybe waiting on set at the same time? Did you get to interact with him much or not really? Uh, there's kind of a funny story about that that I've I've, I've told a couple times, um, but I don't think I've ever told it live. But uh, so no, the the answer to that question sure. is I've never worked with Vincent. Yeah, none of our scenes are together, uh, and I have I've met pretty much everyone except for Vincent. Um, but after I think season one came out. You know, because I didn't know how great the show was going to be. I didn't know... The first season, I wasn't reading full scripts, so I didn't even know who Fisk was, and I was talking about him. Right. And I had to say to Eldon, like, so what's the deal? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's the bad guy. That's Vincent Snarf. You know, and I was like, oh, okay, great. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, after I saw the season, like, that was... The first season, that was my big takeaway was Vincent D'Onofrio, was, was for me. I just think he's, the, like, the coolest yeah. villain. Um, so, uh, and I'd never met him. He wasn't at the premiere. And... Uh, uh, the Halloween after the season came out, I was uh, trick-or-treating in my neighborhood with my uh, two-year-old at the time. And she was dressed as Goofy and I was dressed as Donald Duck, like furry Donald Duck. Like I was like, like in like a furry costume right. with like no makeup, no, you know. And uh, we knock on a door and Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> opens the door and I, I just fangirl out. I'm just so excited. I'm just like, oh my God, like you're the most amazing villain. I mean, Robert, I'm Marcy. I'm Marcy. I just kept saying Marcy and he was like, yeah, yeah, like just being very, very yeah, polite. And great, sweet. I, have, I still have no idea to this day if he actually watched season one and had any idea what right. I was talking about. But to his credit, he was this, he was so sweet, and he was having a Halloween party for his sons, and he was like, "Do, do you guys want to come into the to the Halloween party, like crazy girl, and yeah. like in like front of my in front of my door?" And I, I didn't go in. I, I had enough sense to be like, "No, it's okay. Yeah, we'll, like, we'll keep oh, going." He doesn't mean that. Yeah, yeah. no one wants it. No one wants a two year old at their uh, at their teenagers uh, Halloween party but uh, yeah and so so since then I've, I've had a, a lot I've had social interactions with Vincent well, the interesting thing was I can't remember if I saw this on your Instagram or Twitter but I guess you ran into him yes. voting yes which we is funny together. for people who are fans of the show are probably right. reading uh, present day Marvel comics yes and in Marvel comics right now Wilson Fisk is the mayor of New York City. So I like to think that he was there sort of doing a write-in vote for himself. Well, no, we were writing in Foggy Nelson. That's what we were doing. I was, it was so, because as I said, we're neighbors. So we yeah. totally, he, Vincent was with his wife and I totally ran it once again with no makeup. Um, I ran into Vincent at the polls and we voted together and, um, you know, talked about the neighborhood and uh, he's surprisingly a bit like a, 
he's very different from not surprisingly, but he's very different from Wilson Fisk. I mean, I his whole hope. demeanor. Yeah, yeah, he's totally. <laughs> um, so that was that. That was really that was a really fun coincidence to see him. Um, you know. Uh, just like a week and a half after Daredevil <laughs> came out in the neighborhood, you know, yeah. voting. Yeah, no, and I think what the video was, it was like he filmed something with himself talking about how he ran into uh, you. That's yes. what I saw. Oh, you know what it was? Oh, because I, when I posted the photo, it was like encouraging people to vote, right? Like, yeah. hey, if Wilson and Marcy, Marcy can vote, <laughs> that's right. And I was giving photo credit to his wife. I did like the icon for the for the for a camera, and I said. You know, meaning like photographer, Vincent's amazing wife. But at first, fans misinterpreted it that we were married. Oh. So I don't, I don't, so I, I don't think that that's the reason why Vincent did that video to like clear it up. Right. But <laughs> I was a little embarrassed that, you know, now Vincent, first, first I fangirled on his yeah, doorstep, but first, now he has First to, she shows up as, as Donald Duck and, and now, now she's pretending to be my wife. Now <laughs> pretending to be his wife because he might think I'm a crazy fan. Yeah, that was, that was a little embarrassing. One yeah. of the things that I think is so great that they were smart and, you know, as you mentioned, it's different showrunners each yeah. season. But the fact that he's barely in season two, yeah. I think that if he had been this huge force in season two, yeah. by the time season three comes around, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the show oh, where no. he fights the kingpin every yeah. every every season. Yeah. So, you just wanted him back totally. and it was so great. Yeah. And the fact that he just looms over scenes that he's not in, no. you know, because everybody's talking about him or he's Matt's conscience or the devil on his shoulder. I guess that's a pun intended that I didn't you know, happily yeah. uh, unintended. Works. Uh, and then, you know, the way he's sort of listening and reading Dex's file and he's inserted in the flashback. It's just, it was such a great usage of him as this imposing figure that everything that happened in the season in some way tied right back into him. And yeah. uh, I thought it was great. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Foggy this season and uh, the fact that, you know, Marcy's the one who convinces him to run for district attorney. Yeah. And in true Marcy fashion, it's like, well, of course you're not going to win. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just realistic. Yeah. yeah no, realistic let's not like get our hopes up. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it seems as the season, you know, wound down that yeah. maybe there was a chance he could have won. Totally. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. That would have been a really interesting. Yeah. I want Marcy to run for DA. Well, see, there you go. Now she's well positioned. <laughs> yeah. This is nobody's idea but mine, by the way. But, but you yeah. can put it out there. You put I can it out put it out there. Yeah. yeah. You can. There could be a, a fan movement of people that's like marcy for da you know? i think we can get a solid three people to, to, to maybe to maybe get on board with that all right we'll, we'll see we i'll take a look at the live chat a little later we've we'll got see. at least three people on there so they should all let us know whether or not they think marcy marcy should, should, run, for should run mom yeah. this is your turn to to, to tweet <laughs> make sure uh so uh, you know we, we were talking about uh voting before uh and mm-hmm. uh i know that the there's there's sort of a, a political connection that you uh, now, I guess the way to talk about this is that, you know, you are sort of a recurring performer on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and there's there's a clip that people can find without too much trouble where you're, let's say you're placing a character, you're playing a character who's loosely based on Stormy Daniels. We're not saying you are Stormy Daniels. Let's say loosely based yeah, on yeah, let's Stormy Daniels. Because yeah, I, I saw an interview where you kind of were like, well, let's not say that's who she is. So, yeah. But uh, I think that's sort of a, that's kind of interesting. But you, you mentioned that you also played... Uh, Dana Losha, the NRA, which is not necessarily like like SNL. I don't even think has someone play her. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it was it's a like, pretty it, risky move. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a that's a fairly it was like, a risky move. It's fairly like specific. Like yeah. yeah, work up an impression of of this person. Yeah. Uh, but the interesting thing there, of course, is the fact that your background is actually in comedy. And yeah. uh, now, did you? Uh, I, I think I saw you say that uh, you were involved with the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, to yeah, some, yeah, I do. I do. I've been uh, involved with a show at Upright Citizens Brigade in New York for 
over 10 years called Gravid Water. Okay. Uh, and it's just this cult show in New York, and now it's in L.A., and it's a monthly show um, where, yeah. So is, that's... Uh, sorry, this is, this is no, just something okay. I just remember. Sure. Uh, my wife works with a woman named Tammy, who I can't think of her last Tammy name. Tammy Sager? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tammy I... Sager's a genius. Yeah, so yeah. She, that's that's her show, which that's is funny. Show. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, I think my wife went to see it. Because my wife works for Orange is the New oh, Black. Right. So, and, oh, she and, does? And, yeah, so oh, she, cool. she goes to New York for work. What does she do on Orange? She's a writer. No way. Uh, yeah, so she just shot an episode. Oh, that's really yeah. impressive. Yeah, so uh, it's funny because I feel like she went to, she went to one of those shows not that long wow. ago when she was there. Yeah. So, uh, just, Kate Mulgrew is a good friend of mine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, she. She was. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a there's a big cast on We're that name show. dropping. Yes, exactly. After Buzz Marvel yeah. for for we'll nerds. get back we'll get back to Daredevil in well, a second. We'll keep yeah. it we'll keep it on the on yeah. the on the nerd plane as a fellow nerd. I can throw that word around. Yeah. that's Captain Janeway from Star Trek Captain Voyager. Janeway. Okay, Captain yeah, Janeway. It's a friend, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and you know. Let's let's do the 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 abrupt segue here. You're also friends with another Star Trek captain, Scott Bakula. Oh, I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm. Oh, yeah. I'm like the Wilson Fisk to Scott Bakula. I'm exactly. the devil on his shoulder. Yes. Which I think is uh, is kind of interesting because mm-hmm. uh, you and I were talking before we started here, and the idea that you know you were only scheduled to play Marcy maybe for one episode, and then you're on NCIS Los Angeles. Uh, no, sorry, NCIS New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah, and. The, your character gets killed off, but then like, well, we got to really figure out a way to 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 you know get you back, uh, and it's it's really kind of an interesting device, you know. It, it's it's a lot like uh, Wilson Fisk. You're saying so, kind of explain what happened and then how it is that you're back. Uh, you're back this season. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what happened, uh, <laughs> but I'm so grateful. <laughs> yeah, I died in season four, about halfway through season four. I just I just went to do one episode. Um, of NCIS New Orleans playing a CIA agent and I had a great time and I had a lot of fun with Scott Bakula. We had this really great sort of long scene together and, uh, um, then I thought that was it. I thought, right. you know, I'll never be back to New Orleans. I, oh, I like die, die. Like, I think, I can't remember if I get shot or stabbed because well, I died so I, many I times saw, on network television. I saw television, a clip from yeah. this season and uh, he remembers that he saw you oh, die. Right. And so then did there's I like a stabbed, stabbed sh- in I the said, stomach. Because yeah. the present day version of your character just starts like gushing blood. Right. No, I was yeah. shot on the blacklist <laughs> and blown up on elementary. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the there you go. Goes on. Now that yeah. should, that should be your real. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and that here's the be, here's the ways right? I died. I totally could. Right, but right, yeah. Just complete uh, sidetrack. I meant to mention this earlier. Uh, I liked seeing Marcy and Foggy getting closer this year. At the moment where he says, uh, "I love you," and and you know he proposes, I was like, "Oh no, she's going to get killed." Because usually on a show, oh, when yeah. somebody like. You know, it's like let's take this to the next level. On a show like that, you're like, oh man, I was just getting, I was just. That getting was to one of it. the first questions I asked yeah. Eric Olson when he called me at the beginning of the season. Is I was like, the first thing I said is, are you planning on killing Marcy? And he's like, no, at the moment. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, although now that you mention it, this is a good idea. It. Yeah, uh, but so I, I knew, yeah, and and I and I and we knew that. Well, I don't want to. Okay, yeah. I don't, in case somebody's watching that hasn't seen the whole season, but I mean, if you haven't seen the whole season, we've probably given away a few. things. And you're probably but... not watching this show. <laughs> also true. <laughs> it's probably yeah. Okay, yeah. So no, we. I think we knew that Jay was going to die, but yeah. um, but yeah, no. I, I I was I was told that Marcy wouldn't die in the beginning of the right. season, but that could change. Yeah. No, but uh, I mean, I, it could have changed. I, I talked yeah. about on, on this show and the Daredevil after show. Just I was convinced that's the moment where I'm like, oh, uh, it was too bad. It was too bad. That, yeah. You know, we really got to know Marcy. So yeah. I was relieved at the end of the season. I'm yeah. Like, Look, she's still alive. <laughs> hey, you and me both. 
man. Yeah. So <laughs> definitely uh, relieved. So yeah. So now that doesn't go into your your death reel that we're talking right. about. Right. No. But no. So no. You said not the, yet. the blacklist. Knock on. Where's the wood? Oh god. Uh, yeah. Well, knock on wood. Is, well, yeah. Okay. Close enough. Right under here. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So so you have experience with getting <laughs> getting killed. So on with television. N- yeah. So with NCIS New Orleans. So I went. I did that episode. I had a great time. And then um, they they shot Scott Bakula at the end of season four. That was the storyline. Pride. Dwayne Pride gets shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a call after the season ended that they were thinking about doing this like crazy storyline where when he comes back for season five, because obviously they're not going to kill Scott Bakula. He's no. the star of NCIS New Orleans. I get all these like angry tweets that think that I'm like, why did you kill, kill Scott him? Bakula. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not like, he's not going to die people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, I mean, Scott Bakula's is not going to die. Uh, so, um, so I had a call that they were thinking of, of doing this, like this whole concept of having, um, essentially, exploring his past and his relationship to death and all of the, you know, cause he's kind of a reckless guy, Dwayne yeah. pride, uh, by having this character come back. So I think it was just, um, I guess it was partly that they liked me. Yeah. It was partly great timing. Um, like as far as like when my character died, you know, that like, they were like, let's do this. Let's have an angel. I know. I know. Who just I know. died? We had that blonde from episode 13, <laughs> yeah. and everyone seemed to, she seemed to get along really well with Scott, so let's do that. So that, uh, yeah, that was definitely one of the more surprising phone calls. Usually you get the phone calls that say you're not coming back or you didn't get the part. Right. So to get a call that, uh, you know, that they want you to come back and to, you know, to play your dead character. I thought it was a new character when they when they pinned me for the episode. Right. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Cause oh, I think she, had a, she had an identical twin or something. But, but you or- know, like on NCIS, it's been running so long. People do come back in yeah. other... Like they maybe in season one they played some character and then in season seven they come back. So I was like, oh, but that seems awfully close to, to yeah. come back as something else. And then kind of it was like the dead. I didn't really know until I got the script like exactly what was going on. I thought maybe like oh maybe she didn't really die, you know. But it was a, uh, it's been a fun ride that show. Yeah, well, and you you mentioned one of the questions I had because a lot of times look at a show like NCIS at New Orleans doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily film in New Orleans. So you did actually go to New Orleans to film though. So that yes. must have been fun. So I have been spending a, a, a nice amount of time in New Orleans. And um, I think that's the other thing that really kind of works for this particular storyline is that there's that whole sort of mystical voodoo element of New Orleans. So it kind of makes sense that he would have these visions. And I really like how they've kind of tied it into the season. Um, so yeah, far. And, and Scott Bakula, obviously, that's got to be great working with he's him. He's the nicest I, man on I, television. I, I'm so glad to hear that. Because... And he's in the most amazing shape. <laughs> <laughs> he is, I mean, he that that he is, like, strong and has so much energy, and he's just a really impressive human. Because well, uh, when I was, uh, when I, I guess when I was about middle school age, he uh, had his show Quantum Leap, and, yeah. like, every week he was doing something different, yeah. you know? And it, you just sort of get to realize, like, wow, this guy can do pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I mean, it's, uh, so it's great to, it's gr- always great to hear, because sometimes you hear the story of you know not necessarily on the air but people are like oh yeah yeah no that wasn't that wasn't fun so i'm so I don't glad think you'll ever it. see you, you will never find anyone say that about scott Bakula. he's he's just so hard working and he loves to act that's the thing like he you know sometimes you 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 go on these uh these network shows where they work so many hours and they do yeah. so many episodes and you can tell the cast is like over it you know yeah like they're just like it's a job they're clocking yeah, in the, yeah exactly scott is not that guy <laughs> like he cares about the story because the elements he's the kind of guy that like before the scene starts he's like oh there's something hang it hold on i got it i got it yeah ha- hand me a ladder like he gets <laughs> and he fixes it himself i mean he's like dad he's yeah. pre- he's just a yeah he's a great guy well that's great uh so we have a, we have a few questions in the great. chat and i want to make sure to get to them uh before yeah. we uh run out of time uh, so Aunt Barrow asks, uh, how does it feel being in a superhero TV show? Now, you're not 
actually a superhero, but uh, is it? Does it feel any different, or because of the fact that you're a lawyer, it, it's probably like your scenes could, I guess, exist outside of a superhero universe? Sure. You know, it feels great anytime anyone wants to put you on television. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a, a particularly special show, and I, I really do feel honored to be part of uh, to be part of this history of, of Marvel and. And this whole world, and especially, you know, reflecting on Stan Lee and his legacy in the last week. Um, yeah, it's a pretty special experience. And yes, Marcy could exist uh, outside of the show. Um, yes, someone in here uh, was asking, uh, I have to find it to give credit, but, uh, uh, oh yeah, so Inkin TV agrees with the idea. Marcy for DA 2019. Oh, yeah. So you officially have okay, Inkin TV. I have TV's one fan. I have, yeah. one, I have one person uh, voting for Marcy for DA. DK Monkey 007. Oh yeah, what does he say? What are the odds of us seeing a Marcy spinoff? I mean, oh, that would be my dream. You guys tweet that. Yeah. No, I think the odds are very low. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they're super low. You know, we could we could hope for like that she appears in Jessica Jones. Yes, I think yeah, because look that you know they, they and I uh, do work for Carrie Ann Moss, so I guess that's possible. But yeah. that's probably the best case scenario. The best case scenario for Marcy is probably more Daredevil and yeah. uh, and Jessica Jones. And if you show up in and a Punisher. scene, if you show up in a scene with Carrie Ann Moss, it'll probably be like when Foggy was in a scene with her and Jessica. Yeah. Jones, you just get yelled at. And you know, I do get yelled. At. I'm actually in that scene. They just walk by me when they when he's getting yelled <laughs> Are you at. At, you're actually I am, sitting yeah, I did there? get to I, during the defenders I did get to work with Karen Moss who's also oh. a really neat lady like really sweet and kind and and that's lovely. sort of the impressing thing especially like you're talking about the defenders I mean Sigourney Weaver was on that yeah you know, just you have like all these people that yeah you know, it, it's not that long ago where people would be like are you, are you crazy even asking me to be on a superhero show? You know, like imagine asking, you know, the, the, the ask to Sigourney Weaver's agent, but now it's just right? like, one well, of these shows are so good. They're so well received. They're so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's see. Uh, 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 oh, uh, so our friend, uh, Amy, not, not you, but, uh, Amy Cassandra Martinez is uh, one of our co-hosts here on the show. And she specifically didn't come in because she didn't want to get you sick. She has like a little flu or oh, something. Oh, thank you for so doing that. She, I appreciate she, that. But, yeah. uh, she wants to know, uh, how is it working with Foggy Bear? Uh, obviously Eldon, but, uh, and, uh, I will only refer to the character usually as Foggy Bear on the show just I, because right? I love that nickname. I know. Yeah. I love that. You know, Eldon, um, Eldon and I have a very relaxed chemistry, uh, Eldon has been an actor since he was a small child. Oh, wow. So I think that I'm probably more excited to come to work every day than he is, only because he's been doing it, you know, for as long as he has. Like he can't remember not going to work on a set, basically. Yeah, like he yeah. can't remember not, and, and I'm still, as I said, so thrilled anyone puts me on TV. Um, but the uh, <laughs> but but we have a very nice, um, relaxed chemistry, and I enjoy... He's also he's also one of those actors that um, I think he's just so naturally good. It's like I sometimes feel like I'm working at it. Um, and with Eldon, you never get that feeling with him. It's like he knows the camera and he knows he he knows it so well. And and I'm always blown away whenever I watch Daredevil and I see him because he just he just is foggy. I mean, he's not in person. He, I wouldn't say he's. Similar to Foggy. But when he's on screen. He's on sc- he just, yeah. Well, and it's a tough job, too, when it's a essentially drama slash action show, when yeah. you are the voice of any kind of comedic relief. Yeah. Because if you don't hit that joke right, you're just like, well, where did that come from? Right. But every time that Foggy's funny, you're like, oh, that's good, because it really breaks up. You know, we're talking about how... 
tense and stressful watching season three yeah. was. It's good to occasionally have a moment, you know, where where Foggy has something. But it's not like he's the only one who makes jokes. But it, for the most sure. part, he tends to be. So I I can't imagine sort of having to you know basically wear that many hats. You know, it's like oh I have to I have to do this really intense scene. You know, where I'm talking about you know my feelings with Matt, but then I also have to be funny and yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean he he definitely uh, does a great job. Uh, Samantha wants to know. Do you think Electra is really dead? Well, if I were Eric Olson, <laughs> I would say, hell no, let's bring back Electra. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I hope not. Wouldn't it be cool to see more, more Electra? Yeah, I think that uh, it, it's, you know, there were a, a lot of people were wondering if we were going to see her in season three. And I think it's great that. They knew, as we were saying, to just stay focused on yeah. Wilson Fisk. Don't like try and throw in too many extra things. You know, it, it, I think that it would have actually detracted from the totally. Overall story. It's, it's, it's unnecessary. But uh, I have definitely not heard um, anyone say that Electra is alive. Yes. No. 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 I have not. I've not. I have not heard. I have not. I've not even heard a spackling of that. Yeah. Room. And uh, before we go, we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, the hopes for season four. But I wanted to get in this mm. question from uh, Analota Polly. Uh, do you think Marcy knows Matt is Daredevil? She's so smart. I always imagine she has known for a long time, but kept it to herself. You know, that's a great question. And as uh, you know, someone also just. Uh, tweeted at me before the show saying that what would happen if there was a, a Matt Marcy scene and you know, we, although we've never seen it in a flashback, if Marcy and foggy met in law school, that means that she also knew Matt in law school. Right. So she's known Matt a long time, probably just as long as she's known foggy. Yeah. And if you think about it from a girlfriend's point of view, the relationship between Matt and Marcy, if she doesn't know he's daredevil it's like kind of a pain in the ass. Like, like, like it, it, it appears that Matt does not treat Foggy very well. I mean, yeah. if you don't know anything else and you're just looking like, hey, he was dead, but then he came back, but then he didn't tell you. And, you know, he did this and he did that. So the fact that Marcy has so much patience with the whole Matt situation either means maybe she has an inkling. Yeah. Or maybe she just loves Foggy so much that it's like a man having, you know, a sort of dysfunctional relationship with a family member like a brother or like a, a like a mother or something it's like just something that you deal with and you are at peace with because you love the person so much yes but i think if they got together i think she would she might have some words yeah she might have some words for well that. it's sort of like you know it's because it is such a close relationship like yeah. obviously it's not a a romantic relationship between Foggy and Matt, but they clearly love each other yeah. and she loves Foggy as well. And it's like, yeah, you don't treat him well. You know, it's like, it's almost like you yeah. could see her saying to Foggy, he's like, uh, you know, Matt might not be that into you, you know? Well, and like, and clearly there have been, there's been evidence to suggest that Marcy wants Foggy to be that sort of successful corporate lawyer. Um, but I think, you know, definitely the way that sort of season three ended, it looks like, you know, the band's getting back together, the avocados at law. And I think, you know, I have no idea, you know, what will happen in the future. You know, God willing, there is a season yeah. four. Um, but I think that Marcy would, my personal opinion is that Marcy will love Foggy no matter what he is. If he's a DA, right. if he's a, if he's a corporate lawyer, if he goes back for working with Matt, but I, I think I, w I would be like, if, if it were me, I would say, Okay, he's got to treat you better. Like this yeah. has to be like this. Ha like every things have to change, right? And I think that uh, if if you're if you know Matt that well, the yeah. idea that you know if if Marcy were ever in a room with Daredevil, yeah, she might be like, 
oh my god, this guy sounds like because there's there's this great moment that they yeah. don't address in season two, yeah. where Frank Castle's on the stand and he hears Matt Murdock talking in court, and you just sort of see his look on his face, and he's like, oh, that's Daredevil, right? And they don't actually address it. They don't address I thought it. That you we just hear seen, it. You can just tell that he notices. So. Well, we definitely know that Foggy has not told Marcy because right. there is that moment in season three where he starts to, and then she's like, what? And he's like, never mind. Yeah. But that's a great question. You know, Marcy's a pretty uh, smart cookie. I don't think it would take much for her to put two and two together. Uh, and again, from our friend uh, Amy Cassandra, who uh, we hope is feeling better, uh, who's the most intimidating person to work with? That can be in terms of the show. And, you know, intimidating, I don't think necessarily has to have a negative connotation. So I'm not trying to ask you like a gotcha yeah. question. Is it, you know, like JLE talking about sitting down with Vincent D'Onofrio? He admitted that that was an intimidating. Just because Vincent D'Onofrio just physically took up almost the, the, the whole interrogation room, you know, just right. like looming over him. So. Did you find that, or was it just like, you know, before the cameras were all, everybody was so laid back, you weren't really intimidated? Well, I'm used to Eldon. Yeah. Like, I know Eldon's vibe. Like, I'm used to, like, Eldon and I, as I said, like, like we we just kind of get each other's groove, and, and, and I always I always feel super comfortable with him. Like, we don't really, re- we don't rehearse the scenes, other than just, you know, we, like, run the lines once or twice, but I've, I've always felt very comfortable, like, touching him, and, like, like, there's never any, like, awkwardness. Like, he's just, you know, as soon as the cameras roll, like, we're Marcy and Foggy. Like, it's right. very, um, it's very relaxed. I, I wouldn't say intimidated, but I'm always, I'm, 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 I'm impressed, uh, I'm always impressed when I see, uh, Deb, um, at a, at a read-through or at something, because, like, she, she has her line, she, she already, like, knows her lines. Like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> like, like, she's pretty amazing. Like, she's, she would come to a, like, a script to read-through, and, uh, she, I, she would pretty much already be off book, and I've, I've, I was always like, I was like, oh wow, like I already seen with her, I better be on my, yeah, on my stuff, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and uh, before we run out of time, we have sort of uh, touched on it a couple of times. Uh, obviously, people who are fans of the show, people who are fans of the Netflix Marvel universe, hope that there is a, a season four, and yeah. you know, at the end of any season of one of these shows, you hope that there's another one. But because we now have uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage both getting canceled, right? It's a little bit more, you know, you're a little bit more on eggshells because look from a business standpoint you can understand netflix is probably like yeah we've got like 100 hours of superhero stuff people will go ahead and find that later but what you hope is that they like the show and i know that he mentioned this publicly but uh eric olson you're talking about yeah our showrunner yeah the showrunner mentioned that he has pitched a season to them so now it's up to them if they if if they're impressed by it uh and uh a website that i'm no way associated with but i completely support their movement is renewdaredevil.com and they're also on twitter at renewdaredevil and uh if you follow them i guess that they do like little little updates i think on fridays so uh they sort of let you know you know like how many people maybe are on board and and I don't know anything officially. I don't really know anything yeah. more than anybody else knows. But um, I would say I am cautiously optimistic. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, – I think that, you know, the the response to the season is is really strong. You know, I mean, people yeah. are so happy with it that, uh, you know, we can only hope that, uh, right? that there's Right? Yeah, we more. can only hope. Yeah, because, you know, we, we have to see Marcy as district attorney. <laughs> I mean, that's what it really comes to. If, if you learned anything in these last 45 minutes – Listen, if you need- make me district attorney – I'm willing to die. <laughs> but oh, it, oh, see in episode would, 13. You would have to as district attorney. I think I, I would think so. I think I would yeah. have to. That would be that would be you know fisk breaking. If you were putting up against and, Blake Tower, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, anyway, uh Amy, thank you so much oh, for Oh, thank you. Uh, My being pleasure. Here. I love talking Daredevil and thanks so much for having me. And uh for people yeah. that would like to follow you on Twitter and Instagram, it's just at Amy Rupert. Yeah, at Amy Rupert. I post a lot of behind the scenes photos of everything I'm working on. Um still more behind the scenes Daredevil photos yet to come that I've been saving. Oh yeah, I, I see the that. amazing 
amazing willpower that I have. I have at least two or three it's more It's interesting because both you and Jay Ali do post a lot of the we behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Little videos, little pictures. Yeah. So uh, make sure uh, to follow her. Mm-hmm. And of course... If you like, you can follow me at Christian DMZ on Twitter and Instagram. And we will be back in our regular time slot this Sunday at 10 p.m. We'll get uh, caught up on The Gifted and all the other news. And our under-the-weather friend, Amy Cassandra Martinez, will be back Thursday at 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern for Marvel Movie News over on the Popcorn Talk Network. But until then, thanks again to everyone who joined us. And we will see you on Sunday. But until then, as the great Stan Lee would always say, Excelsior! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 